Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a while. Hello and welcome to the dark forest. It's Jackie Cation. You know the website's JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com. That's where you can get all of the information. You can listen to the show. You can buy merch. You can donate to the show. And everyone should. They should give me $100 a year or whatever you have. If you don't have a lot of money, you'll be happy to know that we have a a sponsor this month. Yes, the month of June is sponsored by TiVo. And TiVo can do it all the time as far as I'm concerned uh, because I'm kind of excited. They're getting me a TiVo. Yeah, it's the best DVR in the world. It's the first DVR in the world as far as I can tell. TiVo.com, by the way, you get $25 off if you use the promo code uh, ATC, which stands for All Things Comedy, which is the umbrella the Dork Forest is under. But here's the thing. You know about TiVo. TiVo records television, right? But did you know the TiVo stream... You can transfer your favorite show or whatever to a, to a device, an iPad, a whatnot. And this is what's exciting to me. Two things. First of all, 300 hours of recording. Yeah, I'm excited. It's not just 60 hours like regular. It's three up to 300 hours. And it's not just the channels you get, which is good because I don't have cable. And uh, the TiVo they're sending me goes with my HD antenna. But I can do things, which is also on the web. So I have Netflix, I have Hulu, I have Amazon, but you could also use YouTube, Pandora, Spotify as just channels and record them. And you could record up to four shows at once. And of course, it still does that recommend thing where you like this, you might like this other thing, you know, like uh, like Patton's joke, which will still be uh, linked in the notes as far as as long as TiVo has it. I'm going to link Patton Oswalt's joke on Conan is it about minute three. Anyway, so welcome to the Dork Forest. Welcome, TiVo. And anybody else who wants to advertise, that's what an ad sounds like. I'll probably get better at it as we go. Let's get into the show. Success! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. We have a quorum. I believe we have just enough people to do this vote. We have enough people to to put it to the floor. Uh, Bill number... No, hi, my name is Jackie Cation. Welcome to the Dork Forest. It's a podcast. You can come in. You get a free magnet if you sit down. No? You can just... All right. Oh, that's right. You're the door guy. Hi. How the hell are you? It's a beautiful kilt. Don't show me. I don't need to know. It's between you and your God. Uh, anyway, uh, I am excited to be here at Acon. This is Acon number two. This is the second podcast at Dork Forest. First year I've ever been to the Acon. The first time I've ever been to Dallas. Dallas, Texas. You guys all from Dallas? No? I hear good choice. Good choice. You? Uh, less so. You're from Dallas? You're from right here in Dallas? Oh, nice work. Nice work. I've been to Austin. I've been to San Antonio. Now Dallas. I've, I've been to your airport at least 17,000 times because it's on the way to everywhere. Okay. So uh, sitting with me uh, is uh, Kyle Hebert. Hebert. Ho, ho. He, he. Ha, ha. Is it French? It is Louisiana French. Oh, Louisiana French. Oh, yep. Cajun French. Little Cajun. Uh-huh. people. Oh, yeah. Guarantee. I saw the Big Easy once. Yeah. Remember that movie? I Dennis do Quaid. That. All right. Uh, people, Dragon Ball Z, right? Naruto, very exciting. Let's have a round of applause. Yeah. That's thank, you. thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. And, and now where do you live? 
Uh, I live in Los Angeles. California. I Los do. Angeles, California. I, uh, I myself live in Los Angeles. So we had to travel here to Dallas. What's up with that? What is crazy? We could have, we could have met in Van Nuys, which is I where I live. Hold your applause. Hold your I'm applause. I'm very close to there. I'm in Burbank. Are you in Burbank? Mm-hmm. It's more, Van Nuys is very blue collar. We're just regular folk trying to get through our lives. Van Nuys, California. Uh, Burbank, slightly nicer. Yeah. So there you go. But you guys also have air traffic. We do. All right. So um, I didn't ask you about what your dorkdom was. Because here's the thing about the dork forest. We talk about what you love a lot. Yeah. What do you love a lot, Kyle? Uh, this is going to sound so cliche. I, I dork out over, well, a lot of things. Uh, my voice acting. Voice acting in general. Not my voice acting. I'm not dorky about that. I'm dorky about voice acting. Okay. The All field right. of voiceover and the... The whole theater of the mind aspect of it. Because it's, because it's, you're not on camera. Uh, yeah, that's the hugest perk ever. I can look like this and I can voice a buff 20 year old. <laughs> I would like another cheese it. It'll be fine. That kind of thing? That kind of thing. All and, right. You know, when you meet TV actors who will come and do like a guest spot on a show, I'll talk to them in the lobby and they'll go, I could get used to this. And oh, they, yeah. I go, what do you mean? It's like, well, you're not sitting on a set all day, 12 hours plus, waiting on makeup and lights and camera rigs to get set up and all that. He's like, you go in and you record and then you go and then it's done in a couple hours. That is kind of exciting. It is, I mean, do you do, do you have it, do you have to go anywhere? Or can you like literally sit in your house and just do it? That depends. I mean, if you're ultra, ultra ghetto about it, I guess, or no budget, low budget, there are projects that could be done from home, but general, generally you will go into a studio for and, was, games and will you be or, with other actors when you're doing your deal? That depends. In anime and video games, you record solo. Okay. And in a cartoon situation, you record as a cast, like a whole, like, like a, a radio table show. read, like around a table yeah, and you just kinda. do your, you read your, you do your scripts at each other. Do you have to memorize? No. You don't this have to memorize. Biggest perk ever. Oh, no wonder everybody's like, how do I get into voiceover work? They say yeah. to themselves, and you probably every other day. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. probably talk into a microphone a lot, and then and then maybe they have classes, I bet. I bet oh, there's tons. seminars. You could probably pay people to tell the, tell you that you could probably do it for a living and then never do, get to do it. <laughs> Is what, you, is what I'm well, saying is that there's probably rip-offs out there. You, yeah, there's a lot of snake oil salesmen that will promise you the world. you got to be careful. But I think that's true of anything. I mean, yeah, probably not a college education. I don't think they're going to necessarily rip you off. But, mm. I mean, the prices, though. DeVry? I don't know. Is okay. that a good place? I understand that it might actually be a rip-off. Oh, but, really? Uh, oh, yeah, no. Phoenix, I'm the, the for-profit uh, universities, there might be a bit of a... There might be trouble, is what I'm told. Oh, scary. Okay, right. but in the voice acting world, yeah. I mean, <laughs> do your research, basically. I don't mean to digress. <laughs> no, no, no. I gotta, we, we gotta worry. We're talking about the subject, and it's very important. So a lot of people want to train and all that. It's like, well, who do I go to? It's like, well, there's a lot of favorites I, you know, I, I hardly recommend, but, um, basically anybody who bothers to put feedback on their website, you know, has testimonials. Okay. That's the best kind of word of mouth. It's like, is this person for real? It's like, well, I took their class and, you know, my skills are up to snuff. Now I got an agent because of it. Or I read for my first game and I got hired. But, I mean, not everyone's path is the same. So you could take all the classes in the world. Right. There's no guarantee. Right. Because you got to be that magical potion ingredient thing of luck versus experience and training, right place, right time, all that. And here's my question about the kind of voiceovers. Like, if you're a voiceover dork, if you like wa- do you like watching, like, a movie or an anime 
and then going, who did that and how did they do it? Is it the technical aspect? Is it just an appreciation? What do you love? Uh, it's appreciation. I like hearing my, my colleagues and my friends. Uh, granted, it takes you out of the story somewhat when you're like shooting demons in the head and suddenly Steve Bloom erupts out of there and like, ha, ah, it's Steve. And then, <laughs> you know. That does have to be slightly, you're like, oh, and I just ate it because of it, right? Yeah, yeah. you're distracted, much like in a real war. Yeah. you got to be focused. But yeah. I will I will sit through the credits of every movie because I think it's respectful. And I also like seeing who did the, the additional voice work or the background voices. And sometimes I say, oh, I know that person, that person, that person. Is it exciting because you know them? Or, do, or yeah. do, when you hear something, do you then go, I wonder who did that? Well, and actually. recognize names. Here's the freaky part. The background voices aren't meant to stand out. So if they're really good at their job, then you're not going to be able to discern right. who's who. Okay. Although people... Because just blended in. So. Yeah, but someone did pick out Rob Paulson in Spaceballs once. <laughs> the Mel Brooks movie Spaceballs? Yeah. All right. The combing the desert part. Apparently he did a voice. Or maybe he was on camera. I don't, I'm not sure. But some of the voice people do show up on camera from time to time. All right. Yeah. Uh, now, young man, uh, do you guys know, are you familiar with his work? A little bit? It's, uh, because somebody did email me and they're like, will, will he do the voice of Gohan? And, uh, totally. you'll always, and I saw some YouTube where you're like, yeah, I'll do whatever you want. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know, just say happy birthday to somebody in Gohan, in Gohan talk. Happy birthday, random person. You're gonna go Super Saiyan. Done! Success! <laughs> that is pretty awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Well played, well played. Kamehameha! You know, and then you pass out from all the oxygen leaving your body. Because <laughs> you scream the monumental. Yeah. It's, you know, the Dragon Ball Z that I've watched, there's a lot of those guys hanging in the sky, growling at each other. Yes, a lot of testosterone. That's just, it's just, is it just coming off them in waves? Is that all it is? It's kind a- of something like that. Yeah, there's a lot of power up and there's a lot of waiting and a lot of continuous, they'll just edit together in a montage. Here's the weird part. When I was watching that show, I had no idea what a huge female fan base Dragon Ball Z has. Oh, I, I really liked it. I, I always thought it was, I mean, I, I, I never watched enough of it to be like the, I mean, I don't watch enough of anything to be the fan of, uh, sadly. And I, so I don't know the name of, but it was very funny. And it was very sort of that boyish yeah. funny that most women are like, yeah, I like that guy. And uh, you're like, I, I would like to go out with that guy for some reason, even though that guy is not the best provider. That no, guy, but, no, but the guy so... that hangs in the sky and will eat everything in front of you. Yeah, yeah that guy. That that's probably not going to be the, the one I, you're going to. I have met so many uh, girls and ladies who have loved Dragon Ball Z through the years, and they said, "I have the hugest crush, or had the hugest crush on Gohan." Yeah, it's like, wow, on an animated character, you had a crush, and uh. now. Now, I, my first aunt, my first crush was on Racer X from Speed oh, Racer. Yeah. I don't know if you ever saw Speed Racer X, but that guy, that, that guy's mysterious. That guy's got some chops. Yeah, see, I mean, I'm, I'm old, so when I saw like a hot version of an animated character, I think they were in like Heavy Metal from 1981. Remember okay, that? Okay, I do remember that. Yeah. Yes. That was the first mainstream movie, not the first movie to be animated and to feature nudity by any stretch of the imagination, but that's the first one that aired over and over on cable, and you would, yeah, not to get to 18 plus here, but I was like, (laughs) wow, I can't believe that they drew that, and she's really cute. Right. Yeah, that's happening. But the thing is, is like the last animated crush I had was on Mulan's boyfriend in Mulan. Oh. 
okay. So I was a grown-up lady when that happened, and you would think uh, you might want to do some dating is what is what uh, someone <laughs> makes you want to. But I know there are plenty of guys who do think that like some of the the cartoony drawn ladies yeah. are super pretty. Oh well, sure, sure, yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so what? Uh, what? So now, now you say that you're a Renaissance dork. I mean, you didn't say that. I did. But uh, what? What are the things you like to dork out about? I dork out about technology. I'm an iPhone nerd. I love my iPhone. It's a... Do you have the iPhone 5? It is a 5, yeah. I get the new one on day one. I'll pre-order it as soon as the pre-orders go live. Whatever it is, I will get it. And then I'll hand off the old version to my daughter and I'll sell hers. (laughs) Wow, so there's a parade of, do you wipe it? Are you good at that kind oh, of yeah, stuff? Are totally. you an IT kind of guy? Not that, not that intense knowledge or anything, but I mean, I do a little research and it's like, okay, it's easy to set back to factory settings. Do you go involved. Mac on a computer as well? I did. As of last summer, I bought my first Mac. I got an iMac, 27-inch display, and I love it. Absolutely. I I don't understand the whole... Windows sucks or Mac sucks. I don't get that whole war. I don't really understand it. No. Because no, a I... good product is a good product. And I was HP for years. I love Hewlett Packard. They make a great machine. Um, but I decided because I wanted to know what the fuss is about. Everyone in the entertainment industry, Mac is the standard. Right. You know, for editing, video, audio, Pro Tools, whatnot. And I said, all right, what's the hubbub? I know it's expensive, and people are basically paying for the name because you can get you can get twice the specs at half the price, right, if you go PC, Windows. And I'm like, okay, I could finally afford it. My career was finally doing well enough that I, you know, wouldn't you be the homeless. Fancy toy. I could yeah. finally afford a fancy toy because my only Apple product for the past five, six, seven years has been the iPhone, and I love it. And I wanted to know what it's like. This is an iPod Touch from uh, 1999. Uh, I don't know if anybody's familiar with that work. And it still and, works, uh, huh? Oh, it works like a charm, quite honestly. It just, uh, did you hear the song? Pretty sweet. I did. And then, uh, and then I have an iPad, uh, but I got the first one. Steve Jobs was alive. It's a collector's item now. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, but I do, but I do, I like the, I, I like Apple products, but, um, I don't know, um, yeah, I, 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 mean, I don't know where to go with, with, I mean, what makes you, is it because it's, are, are you doing a lot of editing? Did you, are you, do you have all those programs now? Uh, I don't have Pro Tools. I use Audacity when I'm recording auditions from home because it's free. It is free. And free is a good price. Sure. And, uh, what I did notice is the Mac version doesn't crash as often as my PC version did. Maybe I just had a weird experience with that, but. Cause, uh, uh the Dork Forest uses Audacity. Oh. Very glamorous. Patrick Brady will fix the audio, probably in a, a, a more Pro Tools kind of version, but, um, I do Audacity initially, and then he yeah. takes it and does something fancy to it in, uh, and levelates it, possibly. Right. Right. Yeah. All sorts of, like, normalizing and EQ and this, that, and the other. I don't do anything to my auditions when I record. I just record it, and if it's loud enough and there's not babies crying in the background or leaf blowers going off or neighbors having awkward <laughs> sex or whatever, then I'm good to go. Excellent. Are you, is there anything you're working on that you want to tell the people about? Exciting. 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 Well, there's more bleach. There's more Naruto. Um, there's more, uh, let's see, Blue Exorcist we wrapped on, uh, Nora, Rise of the Yokai Clan. You, actually, the first volumes are out on DVD and Blu-ray, Blue Exorcist and Nora. They're also airing on Neon Alley, if you have an Xbox or PS3. Uh, what else? More games and stuff that I'm under 
NDA oh. about. This is another huge franchise that I'm doing two roles on coming out soon that I will, I will blast social media as soon as I get the okay. Right. Pac-Man 13. Yeah, sure. Pac-Man right. 13. Why He's not? He's going to do all the ghost voices for Pac-Man 13. I would it's love be pretty to. Sweet. Are there 13 Pac-Man games? I have no idea. Okay. I have no idea. I made that up. Uh, I made that up. <laughs> I'm, pr- I'm I was looking at the dork, the t-shirt and uh, I was like, oh, I saw some Pac-Mans. Anyway, uh, so I but, went with, I went with, a, do you play any video games? Oh, sure. I play games. I'm a casual gamer though. Is, I am uh, not competitive uh, by any means of the, uh, yeah, I just button mash. Oh, okay. I'll play Call of Duty, but I'll be the first one sniped. If I go online with random strangers, I'm like, hey, what's the, you know, and then I'm gone. <laughs> Do you have to, now, um, I, uh, I have, we have a PS3, we have yes. a Wii, and mm-hmm. we have, uh, some other device. Uh, I don't play any of them because productivity down, right? You guys are in, uh, some sort of schooling unit, uh, so you got some other, you got some downtime. In between homework, you can, uh, you can, you can commit several hours a day. Uh, I myself, willing to commit several hours a day, except for that, uh, I have to get, uh, uh I have to earn a living. Oh, so, um, so what I do, uh, super casual. I'm, I'm doing a lot of, uh, middle-aged white lady games, uh, that I like to call hidden object games. Where, uh, you go on Facebook and you can find something. They're like, find a snake. And you're like, dude. And then you, uh, you find a snake. Uh, so I'm doing a lot of hidden object. F- they're Facebooky kind of games. Okay, fair enough. And so, but you, you do button masher foot, first, what? For first-person shooters and fighting games? Yeah. yeah. I have no strategy whatsoever. There's no skills in this white guy here. None whatsoever. Candy Crush I am enjoying on the, on the smartphone games. I'm, you know, Angry Birds and all oh, okay. that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The Candy Crush thing is pretty addictive and it's, maddening in a good way. Oh, that's a, that's just a, a jewel, bejeweled kind of yeah, thing, right? It's a okay. bejeweled spinoff. Sure, sure. But I like it has to find the three things. Aspect, yeah. yeah. Oh, it has a social aspect as yeah, well. Yeah, because you only get so many turns before you can play again and it has a time limit. It's like, well, you can use your Facebook friend list to get an, an additional turn. Uh, and then you start trading. It's like, I'll help you with an extra life if you help me with an extra life. Okay. One of the last episodes of the door, the next episode that come out, the dork forest is, was a woman who's genuinely into the Sims, like to the point where she, she's a comic. So she, she's a stand up comic, much like myself, but so she doesn't have to get up until about three in the afternoon. Uh, but she has to set her alarm clock to get up at eight because she has to send her people to work. <laughs> so she has to get herself up because she has to send people to work. And, uh, and then she, uh, there's in-game cash. Yeah. Like if she wants to jazz up her, her house on The Sims, so she had to buy like a, not, she, like a, it was only $3.99, so it was $4, but to buy an aquarium for her people, her fake people. And, uh, I was like, all right, uh, okay. I mean, I, I don't, uh, in, this in-game, cause is Candy Crush free? I think so. Is yeah. there any in-game cash? Could you spend three dollars to get more oh, energy? Oh God, or yeah. Something? I mean, there's, there's, yeah. The whole freemium model has taken off in mobile games, where it's like, yes, the game's free, but if you actually want to make progress uh, with in extra a timely lives, fashion, in and, a, in, yeah, okay, and have cool, unlockable features, then yeah, they're going to kind of force you to spend ninety-nine cents up to ten dollars or forty dollars, something ludicrous. Yeah, my Hidden Chronicles game wanted sixty bucks from me. I gave it to him once because I figured I've been playing it for three years and they deserve sixty bucks. But uh, since then, no more sixty bucks. Even though I was, it was I got to chop chop through several levels. Yeah, uh, because of the seven hundred and ninety-five energy points that I bought for $60. Well, see, yeah, then this model works. League of Legends is the most popular game. It, it, it outgrew Warcraft, and it has a freemium model. It's absolutely free to play, 
But if you want the cool characters, you got to buy them and unlock the all this, that, and the other. And they're thriving right now. All right. The last game that I played that was a real button masher for me was Mortal Kombat, the DC Universe Mortal Kombat. Uh, it was a versus game. And you could be either a, a Mortal Kombat character or a DC Universe character. And there was a storyline where there was just a just a versus plot. And... Um, and that that very much is a button pusher thing. I mean, it's it's. I like video games, but I am not committed enough. Like, because if I get online, there will be a nine-year-old who will hand me my hat in about a heartbeat. Sure. And uh, and I'll be like, all right, why don't you go to bed? Uh, yeah. You know, my brother plays chess online, and whenever he loses, he always tells them that he's eight. He says, oh, I gotta go to bed. Sorry, sorry I lost. Congratulations, you beat an eight-year-old. Because my brother's a bit of a tool. But, uh, in other news, <laughs> I mean, I like him. You don't have to. So. <laughs> so what else, what else do you enjoy? It's, oh, uh, man. Uh, let's see. Comic books. In the land of comics, I am one of those that the oh. local comic book store probably hates because I am now all digital. I don't oh, go into right. the store anymore. Right. I download them directly to the iPad through the awesome Comixology app. Okay. And uh, and they just say, come right to your iPad. They do. You, H- you how's download the layout? It. Can you read them? Okay. Oh yeah, it's beautiful. Full screen. You can control the transitions and. What and do you whatnot. read and what do you like? Do you like DC, uh, Marvel, indie, uh, Image? A little bit of everything. Okay. I read Batman from DC. Uh, I just downloaded the new X-Men, which is all ladies, actually. Oh, the right, Brian right. Wood title. Uh, the Star Wars Brian Wood title from Dark Horse. And my favorite current comic book series is called Saga. And oh, that's yes. on Image. That is an Image. That is great. Saga's great. Yeah. It's a Saga. It's a, it's a, it's a very, uh, uh, how would you, what would you say it is? Star Wars meets Game of Thrones. Or, <laughs> yeah, Game of Thrones. I've tried to read it. I've tried to listen to it on Audible, and I just tried to watch it on television, and I still don't care. I'm so sorry. Just don't uh, care. Fair yeah, enough. I haven't a, either. I can't get into it. The first hundred pages, I read it three times, and I was like, first of all, all of these people are dead by the end of this book, and it's 700 pages, and I don't care anymore. Yeah. And, uh, and I'll just reread The Lord of the Rings, and it'll be fine. But, uh, it's all good. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm on board, but yeah. I like things like, I don't know, Saga, Saga feels more sort of fire. Kind of Romeo and Juliet. Oh, it is, it is, and it's very adult. So if you're not 18, you probably can't read it. But yeah, yeah, there's some cursing. You you wouldn't know about that because no, you've never heard not cursing. At all. I'm sure of it. But uh, or graphic things. You, you don't need it on. Yeah. To, you don't need it on top of it anyway. But uh, yeah. But I, how about Rachel Rising? Speaking of spooky stuff, Terry Moore. It's a scary one. I don't like scary things either. You guys, I don't know if you're listeners to the Dork Forest. Besides Bart, has anyone ever heard the Dork Forest? Nope. All right. It is a podcast, which is like a radio show on the, on the internet. And, uh, so, uh, but, uh, and you can pick up a flyer. If you didn't get a magnet, feel free to get a free fridge mag. Those of you, nine people in the back. Anyway, uh, so, but, uh, it is, it's, I can't do scary, uh, usually books because, uh, they're scary. And, uh, success. Those of you who are writing scary books, you've successfully scared me without me actually having to read them. But, uh, I do for some reason I can read scary comic books. I can read Rachel Rising by Terry Moore. Mm-hmm. And that Joel, Joe Hill, are you reading Lock and Key? No, no. I read Walking tried- Dead though. Walking Dead, that was great, yeah. right? And ongoing, I had to stop eventually because it got, I was like, okay, they're still coming, the zombies, right? <laughs> well, yeah, that's the point of a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> right, that is the point of the- <laughs> 
<laughs> it just never ends. Excellent. And, uh, yeah. so what Batmans are you, ba- of the last Batman I tried to read was Batman Incorporated. Okay. I, I read just ago. plain old Batman of the new 52. I think it's excellent. Excellent. Who writes that? Uh, who does write that? I want to say Jeff Johns. I could be wrong though. Okay. I don't know who that guy is. The Jeff Johns wrote the Green Lantern ones, right? And he writes Justice League, which I was on board for a while and then I kind of, eh. Weeded off. Yeah. That'll happen. I like Deadpool in the Marvel verse. The new, the new I've seen off. several Deadpools. I saw a sexy Deadpool couple. Did you see the couple? The Deadpools in love? Uh, it was a man and woman, both dressed as Deadpool, and, uh, they walked by as I was having lunch. Nice. With the media. Well, the current run of Deadpool is written by a couple of comedians. Jerry Brian Posehn. Yeah. Uh, his wife is my manager, and uh, he's a friend of mine. But um, yeah. he is, uh, he's doing a good job, right? Didn't oh, he write I think The so. Presidents? Yeah. It was a, yeah. if you get a chance to read, there's a, it's probably going to come out as a trade. It's about six or seven um, uh, episodes, right? It was six mm-hmm. or seven issues. And sure. it was uh, the ghosts of all the presidents come back, and they get very angry. And uh, so they have to be fought. So they hire uh, Deadpool to take care of it. And it's pretty funny. Again, adult and a little dark. Yeah. But Deadpool's awesome. He is. And there's a Nick Fury uh, Max, mm-hmm. the adult, the history of Nick Fury, essentially. Oh, okay. Yeah, that one's pretty nice. Uh, yeah. I uh, I dabble in the X-Men stuff. I really love X-Men, but I haven't really uh, committed to any series for the long haul. I did enjoy that Avengers versus X-Men big oh, event crossover? from last year. Yeah, I yeah. like that. And then I'm anxious to see what they do with this all-new X-Men title with nothing but the ladies. It's, is it like Kitty Pride and stuff? Is I think it so. mutants who happen to be ladies? Banshee and uh, okay. Storm and yeah, okay. all ladies. All right. I'm anxious to see where they go with that. I wonder why. And it, I mean, it's not going to be exploitative either. I mean, because Brian Wood is a very uh, He's kind of got it. He's into the, the the feminist side, and it's like let's get away from the sexism of it all. And he writes really intelligent stuff. And and again, I, he's got this great Dark Horse series for Star Wars just launched, and it takes place after Return of the Jedi. Princess Leia can pilot an X-wing, and it's like it's really Sweet. cool. Finally, good artwork too. Oh, good. I forget who's drawing it, but and that was and my my all-time favorite comic series was Sandman, Neil Gaiman. Okay. I yeah. didn't always have the prettiest pictures, but th- the stories were consistently awesome. That uh, was the first thing that uh, my husband, when we started dating, uh, he handed me 75 comic books. Yeah. And he was like, you're going to want to read this, and uh, <laughs> and then we're going to be in a relationship. And I yeah. was like, all right, uh, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. And, and it was excellent, of course. It sure. was, um, yeah. Season of Mist is where I started. Season of Mist. When he first gets the key to hell and all that. And oh, all that. wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful artwork from Kelly Jones, I think. It's um, sound right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's what hooked me. The, I got the hardcover of Season of Mist and then went back and... Started back in the... Have, yeah. have you ever tried Fables by Bill Willingham? Thought about it. Thought about it. Thought about it long and hard. And I know I should give it a chance, but my interest is somewhat dwindled because now network TV seems to have taken that concept and made two series, Grimm and Once Upon a Time. Right, right. But they're, they are different. I mean, and I, I had Bill Willingham on The Dork Forest, and uh, he writes... And he was, t- I, I asked him about it, okay. uh, which seemed obnoxious at the time, but he took it well. <laughs> okay. And, uh, he, but he said, you know, there's so much stuff in fairy tales that I don't think that there is as much crossover mm. because, um, he can be, 
I think it can be like Once Upon a Time is great. I haven't had a chance to see Grimm. Have you seen it? No. Okay. It's have you guys seen it? No? Anybody watching? What are you guys watching? You're watching a lot of anime, it turns out. <laughs> anime. Hey, we're at an anime convention. Anybody like Miyazaki? You ever see that guy? I've never seen that guy. Not in person, but it's uh who who doesn't love the uh what's your favorite Miyazaki movie? You like Totoro? What do you like? Okay, all Fair of them. Way. Okay, so it said, I, I like the bug one. Uh, Nausicaa? Valley of the Wind, I think it's, right? There we go. And uh that's a good one. And yeah. I don't like bugs, but they ride bugs in that one. That's a good time. She rides a bug. Yeah. Giant, a giant. And uh do you watch any anime? Do, do I watch anime? I haven't in the past couple of years. I've honestly been too busy. The being in anime. <laughs> well, being in anime, yeah. I, what I watch of anime is my scenes as I'm dubbing them. That's what I see. Neat. The last thing I watched was a one-shot movie called Red Line, which I think is awesome. It's a be- Madhouse did it. It's a beautiful, hand-drawn animation. It took seven years to do. It's a sci-fi racing anime that's beautiful. It actually kind of reminded me of Heavy Metal, to bring that back to that. Oh, that's cool. It had cool. that sort of feel. So Red Line, get it in Blu-ray if you have a Blu-ray player or a PS3, because it's gorgeous in 1080p. Oh, I bet. Yeah. And it's about racing? Yeah. Racing in the future, Ucha, Ucha, Ucha. <laughs> uh, what else did I see that I liked? I've dabbled in Helsing. I love the original 13 episode series, and then I'm in barely. I'm in the Helsing uh, Ultimate. Okay. But I like that a lot. Uh, I love that character, Alucard. He's awesome. Excellent, excellent. Um, yeah. All right. Gurren Lagan I saw a few years ago, but not all of it. I'm only like 14 episodes in. But I really love what I've seen. Do you read any manga? I do not. I can't get used to reading right to left. Well, that's because you're not Hebrew. Um, that's right. It's all written in Hebrew. And, uh, but I do, I do, I do, uh, uh, I like some manga. I had, uh, I, I talked to the ElfQuest lady, Wendy Peeney. Yeah. And, uh, and, and she was lovely. And, uh, so I read all that stuff and that was, I mean, it was, it seems all, I mean, a lot of anime for me is fairy tales and, and, and fables and I think it can be, it, it, I like how it talks about, it's more emotional than anything else. Like comic books can be about real life and politics mm-hmm. and manga really d- delves into the mind, I think. It's like they're sure. more like willing to talk about your emotions. The Japanese are available emotionally. They would like to discuss emotions and uh, what you might want to, like the nature of honor yeah. and all of that stuff. And I kind of, I, I think it's neat. Well, I mean, the animation style, even as a kid, the word anime didn't exist in the 70s. So I was watching Battle of the Planets, Star Blazers, Robotech. I mean, yes, these were dubbed and in, in horribly mangled in translation to make it more palpable for an American audience, whatever. But I immediately knew the difference between an anime, a show made in Japan versus your generic Saturday morning cartoon. It just seemed like the stories were richer, the story, the characters more complex, and the animation a thousand percent better. Yeah, it. Uh, and I the first time I saw Dragon Ball Z was actually they were subtitled versions because mm-hmm. I I used to do I used to babysit a lot, and the kid I babysit for he watched all the the dubbed ones, 
and then he got through them and and he wanted and I found a place in LA that was selling bootlegs on VHS <laughs> that were uh, that I don't recommend. I don't recommend anybody do that. Don't bitch or anything. Okay. Anyway, and uh, and they were grainy as all hell. Of course. And but he was seven years old, and they were all subtitled. And I said, "Here's a reading task for you. If you love Dragon Ball Z, you're gonna have to read." And he was like. It'll do, it'll do, because he just, he, he ate it whole. He just, he wanted more Dragon Ball Z in his life than you shake a stick at. The subtitle thing has helped my daughter. You know, she struggled with reading and everything. So she'll watch, you know, not anime necessarily, but anything, and just put the subtitles on. It helps her understand a little better, and it, it's been a wonderful help. Uh, I don't under, I don't get all the hate. Ever since the, the formation of the DVD format in 1997, especially now, with the internet and the choices made and the shows licensed and home video, you have a choice to watch which version you want to see. I don't understand uh-huh. where do where do all the trolls, you know, it's like our oh, dubs are terrible, blah, 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 it's better in Japanese. And it's like, why would you waste your time arguing about that? <laughs> Especially if you're the creator of that content to begin with. I think they're happy that their story is getting told in multiple languages to reach as wide an audience as possible. Kyle, you are super mellow. You are just like a, you're just like, yeah. I'm just very get, chill. Just embrace, embrace your, whatever you like. Just do it, yeah. I mean, for me personally, I can't watch subtitles and eat at the same time. Oh. I'll stop like, uh, I'm reading. And then I miss the animation because I'm really reading. Some people can multitask. I can't multitask in that way. I just can't do that. I prefer to hear a show in my own language if it's available. I watch a little bit of Full Metal Alchemist in Japanese. That was the first show I, I watched because it was so darn good. Right. And uh, we hadn't started work on it yet. It was just like the next big thing out of Japan that I was reading in whatever. Yeah. The magazines. I, I don't mind. Um, I, I tend to get used to the subtitles. I've never tried to eat and watch a subtitle program before. Try it. Uh, probably, you're right. It's probably unlikely that I could do all three <laughs> things, watch, read, and eat. But yeah. uh, I'm more than willing to, because um, I, 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 I forget that I'm seeing subtitles after a minute. Sure. So I see the whole picture, and then I could just go, oh, that's what he said. And yeah. there might be a tiny satellite delay on the laughs. Yeah. But that's about it, you know. It's uh, it's pretty easy to to keep up, I think, with it. But yeah. I don't mind dubbed either. I mean, I saw, um, I think it was Ponyo, is it? And, uh, and Tina Fey did the mom. Yeah. And I was like, well, I, can't, I love Tina Fey, so I was psyched that she was doing the voiceover. But I, uh, I would be interested to hear the original, you know, because the right. characters are so different. When you hear the voices of whoever's doing it, the person that you initially hear do that character, you're like, ah, oh, well, that it will always be right. the Full Metal Alchemist for me. This guy will always be. I mean, and I heard it dubbed first, so I don't know. I mean, well, I, yeah, and I, I got get used to it. Probably, I got a lot of hate for my Kamina and Full Metal Alchemist because these people heard it first in Japanese, right? And my take on it. You're a different like, actor. I'm a different actor, first of all. And, like, my job as a voiceover person is to please the client. And the client from Aniplex was there. And they <laughs> said, all right, first of all, your character is voiced by, you know, this person in Japanese, and he sounds 40. And there's no, what's a, this, ips, ands, or buts. But his character is 17. So in English, we want him to sound younger. So pitch the voice up, make him sound younger. And that's what I did. Right. And I got a lot of hate for it. It's like, he doesn't sound manly. It's like, he's 17. Of course he doesn't sound manly. Right. And I did my job. I have to please the client. I can't go in there and make that call. Oh. So 
I, I totally get where the fans are coming from in one respect. When you hear something in whatever language, that's who you connect with first. Right. And once in a while, something might transcend that, like Cowboy Bebop. It's like universally, even the creator of, of, of Bebop says that the dub's better. Oh, okay. But that's rare. That's rare, very, very rare. Wow. And, you know, honestly, everyone's their own critic and whatever. It was like, I hate this. And, and I get this a lot, too. This is weird. Kids will come in the, the or kids or even grown-ups will say, I hate the English dub of Naruto, but your great is Kiba. And I can't decide if that's a legit compliment or they're just trying to make me not feel bad. No, it sounds it sounds like they the the social skill fail. It just seems like they just blurt. it's just a big blurt of these are the two things that I think about when I see Naruto. I love you yeah. because I'm on board because I love the show so much, but right. I, the dubbing drives me crazy a little bit. Yeah, so. it's like why are you watching a show that you hate only to see a side character show up every three or four episodes and have that two I lines? Love. It's like you're amazing. Like well, really? <laughs> Go back to watch the Japanese then. It's okay. We still got paid. Right, right. Well, there's that. You can you can hate it all you want, but I mean, there's so many other things in the world to actually legit get angry over. Right. You know, not it's like you can have a preference. That's fine. You can think that our dub is terrible. That's fine too. But to go on and on and just have this it, whole troll war. Right. People do it too with the books. I mean, when you read a book and then you see the movie. Yeah. You know, when I saw Harry Potter, I was like, okay, suspension of disbelief. I uh-huh. have to just you know let it be what it's going to be. Yeah. And it's somebody was. Um, a guy called the Tolkien Professor. I don't know if you're familiar with his work. Uh, but he, uh, he was talking about the, the adaptation of the Lord of the Rings. And he said, you know, that's exactly what it is. It's an adaptation. These are new actors. These are new directors. These are interpretations of a book that you read when you were alone. Did you have a question? Yeah. Well, and, and yeah, which I think, I think you're right. I mean, the book is so much different than the, than the movie. And, and in the book, you're in your head, you know, whether it's a graphic novel or a, or a prose book. You're just you're you've created the world in your head, and the I mean P, I think Peter Jackson did a beautiful job totally. creating the world, but I wasn't you know on board with all of the characters just because um, Lord of the Rings is my dorkdom. Yeah, and anyway. I I don't read books. I never read Tolkien or uh, Harry Potter or any of that. I'm a movie fanatic. I love cinema. So as film, I love Lord of the Rings. As Harry Potter, I'm like, eh, they all kind of blended together. It did personally. Work for me, but you know, yeah, that's that's just an uphill battle when people are always going to constantly compare the books to the movie and some adaptations or this, that, and the other. I don't, I don't read, I didn't read the Hunger Games, but I was kind of impressed. I liked the cinematic version of it. But you read graphic novels? Did you? Did you read Sin City? And no, then see that actually, movie? no. Okay. I love Sin City as a movie, and right. I'm actually kind of intrigued. I I haven't read any Frank Miller except Dark Knight Returns. Okay. Because um, there's there's a bunch of graphic novels that, of course, yeah, Sin City's been... a whole series. They're making a sequel right now, actually. Robert Rodriguez. Oh yeah. Finally. Did you uh, read Scott Pilgrim or? No. Okay. Didn't read Scott Pilgrim either. Right. Uh... Love the movie. <laughs> right, right. I mean, there's amazing. Um, what kind of movies do you watch? I usually oh. ask people what they're reading, but I think we've covered uh, what you're reading, which well, is graphic Well, you know, novels the, the Holy Trilogy is the old school Star Wars, not the prequels. We're talking episode four through six, back when they weren't called four through six. Right. <laughs> back when Star Wars was just Star Wars and not A New Hope. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a four-sentence explanation, but everybody, yeah, <laughs> on board. And I personally am really excited at Disney 
doing episode and J.J. Abrams doing that because I love J.J. Abrams Star Trek uh, and, and Star Trek too. I saw it twice and yeah, there's some plot holes, blah, blah, blah. It's a movie. Sit back and have fun. Have you seen the TV show? There's some plot holes. There's some plot yeah, holes. It's, a, it's fine. I'm on board. It's yeah. a, but I, I like the second Star Trek movie better than the first. Really? I thought it was yeah. more Star Trekky. I thought it had more of a sort of a moral center. Okay. And I loved Iron Man three. I enjoyed. Yeah, Iron Man three, three was a great good. Deal. Three yeah. was solid. And it's I like two. I'm one of the I few. I didn't mind two. Most that's people didn't. I like it when the pictures move and everyone looks alive. I'm pretty easy to entertain, is what I'm saying. When uh, that's when, fair enough. When the television comes on and I'm like, oh, it's magic. Uh, that's, yeah. Uh, I'm kind of on board. <laughs> but yeah, you know yeah. what? I'm I'm really excited about Pacific Rim. Oh. People go, have the Evangelion ripoff or it's not, not, not. It's like, guys, this is the closest we're ever going to get to a live action version of Evangelion or whatever. Yeah. I think it looks amazing. It, is it giant robots? Yeah, what versus is it? giant ro- monsters. Yeah. It's Guillermo del Toro. Oh, Jesus God. You need yes. to watch this trailer. Uh, yes, I do need to watch this trailer. Uh, giant robots versus giant monsters. Yeah. Uh, I think you had me. Uh, yeah. at, at giant. At uh, giant. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds great. Did you have, a, have you all heard of it? Pacific all right. Rim. Somewhat, somewhat. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Looks yes. Pretty yes. amazing. Yeah. 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 They got the, they got Gladys voice in the trailer. I don't know if they have her in the movie or not, but stunt casting. That <laughs> yeah, works. Ender's the- Game is coming too, but I don't know about that one. I haven't read the book, but meh. no, I think that's been established. You have not read the book, but let me tell you something: is uh, it's it looks. I think you'll love it because it is um, great. I thought the casting because the the kid in the book is six, and the kid in the movie is twelve, thirteen. But okay. um, but I think that I think they had to do it for it. But in the, I mean, whenever I try to sell the book Ender's Game, I always say, "Well, it's about a six-year-old who's forced to play video games and laser tag, uh, and then saves the world." And uh, and it's more than that. But that's I wish to be kidnapped by the government and forced to become La Femme Nikita. That is my dream sequence. That somehow <laughs> I will I will be somehow be made fit. Uh, and, uh, an athletic. This sounds like you just wrote the sound bites for like when you're clicking through TV guide on your TV. <laughs> it's like, Ender's could, game, six year old playing video games. Oh, I could, I could write, uh, see, and you know, they're also making a movie for Ready Player One. If okay. you like the Hunger Games, Ready Player One is essentially a Hunger Games for 40 year old nerds. And, uh, if you played video games in 1980, that's a win. Yeah, it's uh, it's essentially Ready Player One is about a seventeen-year-old. It's just if I don't even know this one's complicated. If Steve Jobs were uh, like never married and passed away and left an, and invented the internet and left an Easter egg in the internet, and the entire world, whoever finds that Easter egg in the internet, inherits half of his cor- company, the entire world would be very focused on the life of G- Steve Jobs. Yes. So the character is that guy dies, okay. and the entire world has to find that Easter egg. That's the game. That's the only game in town. Okay. And uh, it's about a young man, seventeen, who uh, who's a, he's a, he's a maverick man. He's okay. a maverick. He's he's out there. He's looking for the answer. And uh, and so he finds it. And there's bad guys and there's good guys. And you got to go through Pac Man and war and um, war games and real genius and a thousand movies from 1982 and a thousand <laughs> video games from 1982. Awesome. And clearly, Ernie Klein, who wrote the book and sold the movie, is from 1982. I think that's been established. Boom. Um, that sounds amazing. What, so you're looking forward to Pacific Rim? 
Yes. And uh, what else? Uh, what else are you looking forward to? Um, Superman, believe it or not. And I'm oh, not yeah. a Superman fan, but I think Man of Steel looks incredible. It looks pretty great. Yeah, the new trailers just hit all the beats. This looks like the quintessential Superman movie that we've never had before. And I grew up on the Christopher Reeve movies and everything. And I even think the Brian Singer one from a few years ago wasn't a total loss. I thought Brandon Routh was a good Superman, a good Christopher Reeve. It wasn't the greatest story to tell. But this one, you know, you're getting Zack Snyder, who reinvented his visual style for this. He did it all handheld. So there's none of that fast, slow motion, fast cutting that he did to great effect on 300 and Watchmen. So he's gotten away from that. This looks like, and Chris Nolan is the producer. It looks like Chris Nolan directed it, honestly. But, I mean, it really looks to be quite awesome. And you don't read the Superman comics? No, I don't read Superman at all. But I love the, I love the whole comic book genre in movies. The Avengers, Thor, Captain America, these are, you know, Iron Man. I didn't read those titles as comic books. I love them as cinema, though. Right. There, it was, uh, yeah, one after another. That's a day. Yeah. Uh, Marvel is just <laughs> hitting it out of the park, you know? Turns out I will watch five movies in a day and then be sad that the Avengers has not been released yet. And, uh, <laughs> until Avengers is released and then that glorious day when I got to watch the sixth. Anyway, uh, so, uh. That's it. The, um, uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to Superman, and I and I think it'll be. I think they I'd heard that they were trying to get together sort of an Avengers DC, right? Aren't they? Because they have Batman. They could do Justice Superman, League. They could do a Justice League. I think if Superman does well, then they're going to have to rethink where they're going to do with Batman because the Nolan trilogy's done. I'm sure they're not going to do Christian Bale anymore. They're probably just going to reboot that because right. everybody everybody's reboot crazy. Right. I mean, and ironically, we got. A somewhat mediocre Spider-Man just because Sony didn't want to lose the rights back to Marvel. And that's the reason Fantastic Four is at Fox and X-Men is at Fox because they made those so they wouldn't have to give up the movie's rights to Disney again. Uh, so I our, did not know that. And Spidey in the comics, as far as I understand it, is now an Avenger. But we're not going to get to see that. Right. The Superior Spider-Man uh, comic book is amazing right now. I don't know if you guys are... Uh, D- D- Dr. Octopus uh, took over Spider-Man. Uh, spoiler alert. I'm supposed to say that first. So anyway, the, oops. Um, yeah, but it's a, it's a, Superior Spider-Man is an amazing title right now. Okay. So it's, it's pretty great. Are you reading the one, did you read the Wonder Woman New 52? No. By any chance? What are they doing in her title? Uh, well that was a reboot as well with a different, um, origin story. I never read any Wonder Woman. And it's, uh, the, the first. I watched the show as a kid. Yeah, I watched the show as a kid, but the, the first compilation uh, is in paperback and it's called, uh, Wonder Woman, Blood, uh, I think it's, it's, it's Blood, Guts, and Glory are the three titles. Okay. And, uh, one is out and then two is into hardback. So, too expensive. Go to the library. And, uh, cause there's graphic novels in the library now. Very exciting. That so. is cool. I never even think about that. Libraries still exist? Libraries are still out there. The and, Dewey uh, Decimal System? Matter of fact, you can log into the library and get, uh, borrow books on your Kindle. <laughs> You can actually do that through the library system. You can just get the, um, and then they take it, then you just, they, you put it back. You put it back. What do you delete it when you're done reading? Or does they, it, does it just auto destruct in a sort it, of digital way? It might, way? Uh, uh, it'd be awesome if there were some sort of victory screen where that would just sort of just go, Pow! your two weeks are up. Like, yeah, you're, you're, you should have finished this book. Doing a digital book rental and you have like, you see a little clock counting down. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it would be amazing. Done. Oh, World War Z. 
Oh, we're on the subject of books. Yeah. Okay, I, I do want to read World War Z. I've read a few chapters of that, and I think it's really cool. I can't believe that Max Brooks is the son of Mel Brooks, who created some of the greatest comedies of all time. Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles. Yep. And a lot of today's generation likes baseballs and Robin Hood men in tights, but I say go back to the 70s. But anyway, the producers even. The producers, sure. But World War Z apparently is getting grave, rave reviews in the advanced screenings, even though it has nothing to do really with the book. They went in a total different direction. Really? And, and the writer even admits, it's like this, the only similarity is that it's called World War Z. All right. But I love zombies. Walking Dead is amazing. And I love the take on the, the trailer is that they're doing like they swarm. They do hives. This is a different take on zombies oh. instead of the slow lumbering ones or the rage filled runners. This is taking things in a slightly different direction. So I'm excited to see where that goes. Do you think mummies, when will mummies, when we're, are we going to have mummy television? I want mummies to come back. Well, we got vampires and we got werewolves and we got zombies. Well, we had the, we had the Brendan Fraser mummy movies and the first one was great, but the two other ones were. uh, Oh, that's right. Yeah. But that first one was awesome. It came out like three months before Phantom Menace when everyone was all waiting for Star Wars, Star Wars. And then this little movie comes out from Universal and it was like really good. Like Indiana Jones feeling, and then like it hit all the right beats. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, Kyle A. Bear, thank you very much for oh, being on the Dork Forest. See, the hour goes by almost immediately, you guys. Uh, if you go to dorkforest.com, there is in the upper right hand corner a search button, and you could type, uh, your dorkdom, which if it's anime, and I suspect it might be, uh, you could type in anime, Patrick Brady. There's a couple of different episodes about anime in the, in the show, and there's a Pokemon episode where, uh, Asterios Kokonos, who might be Greek, uh, he, uh, he talks briefly about, uh, Pokemon. Not even briefly. And, uh, and so, I just want to say, uh, thank, thank you guys for coming out. If you did not get a Dork Forest, uh, magnet, you can. If you want a t-shirt, I'm in that Artist Alley thing tomorrow, and you can come and find me, and they're American made, so they run big. And, uh, cause they're made by Americans, uh, for Americans. They're 20 bucks. And then I'm, I'm doing a stand-up show tomorrow night in the Metropolitan Ballroom at 845 with a couple of local Dallas comics and myself doing stand-up comedy. I believe it's opposite the costume contest. So, uh, I don't know if you'll be there. But, uh, it's been very, ex- thank you so much for coming out and, uh, seeing a live dork forest. Have a good night, you guys. And here's where we're putting the credits now. Thanks so much for listening to the show, you guys. Patrick Brady, making this audio go seamless, right? Vilmos, fixing the websites. Mike Rickberg and Sarah Cohen sang at the beginning of the show. Mike Rickberg wrote and composed the Dork Forest theme. And Mike is going to sing in a second, the Mexican hat dance. And as always, JackieCation.com for stand-up and live Dork Forest events. Thanks a lot, you guys. Thanks for listening. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat, my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?